Today's daf is Ksubis daf Kufhei, and we are about 20 lines from the top of daf Kuf Dalet Omid Beis, the two dots, Chamse Dirabchia Aricha. Today's daf is being learned, Le'ilu Nishmas Chaim Elazar, Ben Yabadol Chaim, Rib Shimshin So we're at the very end of the 12th parak of Mesachtis Ksubis, Parak HaNoisei. And the Gemara is discussing the halach of the Mishnah that was mentioned on Omid Aleph, which said that there's an idea of 25 years, an interesting number, when it comes to an almana collecting her ksuba. There was Machlikis, Rameyer, and the Chachamim, what exactly that halacha is. The Chachamim Shita, which is going to be the focus of the first part of today's staff, was that although an almana, of course, is entitled to collect her ksuba, in the event that her husband died. Additionally, she's entitled to be supported. In the event that her husband died. However, there is a statue of limitations, and that is, as long as she's living in her previous husband's house, then the halach is she's allowed to collect the ksuba forever. However, in the event that after her husband died, she left her husband's house and she went back to live with her parents. So then the halach is so she can collect her ksuba and but only up until 25 years. Once 25 years pass, in the event that she never collected her ksuba, at that point we assume that she was moichel, that's the way the Gemara explained it, and as a result, she no longer has the ability to collect her ksuba. So an almana, of course, is entitled to ksuba, and as we'll see in the Gemara, the same is true for the Mazoinus as well. However, the Chachamim hold that there is a point where in the event that she didn't try collecting her ksuba, moving forward, she will not be able to collect it. What is that cutoff? It's 25 years, not a Jewish number, but that is what the number is. When is she restricted to these 25 years? In the event that she was living Beveis Avia. However, if she was living Beveis Baila, in that case, the halach is, there is no limitation of 25 years. Now, what's the difference if she's living Beveis Avia or if she's living Beveis Baila? So the Gemara said the difference is that if she's living Beveis Baila, we don't necessarily assume that her not trying to collect her ksuba constitutes mechila, because we say that maybe she was just embarrassed and felt uncomfortable to ask them for the ksuva. Here she's living together with them, and the Yusayim have been very, very nice to her, and very kind to her, so it could be she just stares a little bit. It's her feinkeit. It's her kol kfudabas melech penima that is the reason that she didn't collect her ksuba. If she's bevesovia, so then you don't have that svara. Therefore, if 25 years pass and she didn't collect her ksuba, she's no longer going to be able to collect it. But to the extent that she's living beveis bailo, there is such a svara, so that the fact that she was quiet, even for such a long time period of 25 years, still the halach is she would be able to collect her ksuba. We don't assume that this is a mechilo. Today's daf is going to pick up on this shitas hachachamim, it's going to tell a story, and as we've seen a lot during these last several dafin, a very ksubistiga story. Says the Gemara, the mother-in-law of Rabchia Aricha, was married to Rabchia Aricha's brother. 
So we have to put on our Yuvamis hat to properly understand this case. But for our purposes, very, very simple. Rebchia, Aricha's mother-in-law, is married to his brother. And what happened was, Rebchia, Aricha's brother died so that she now is an Amana. And she went to Beisavia. She went to live with her father, meaning she didn't remain in the house that her husband had lived in, but rather she went to live with her father. Now, a very important piece of information that the Gemara doesn't speak out, but Rashi does speak out, and that is Umeis Poleibonim. Rabchia, Aricha's brother, who was married to this woman, died without children. Why is this important? Not for the Yivamas implications, but the Yirshu Rabchia Achim. Rabchia was the Yirish. So the Almana that's Nizoinus Minachsi Yisoyimim, the Almana that's going to be Tavea, the Ksuba Minachsi Yisoyimim, who is the quote unquote Yasim in our story? It's actually not children. There were no children, but rather it was Rabbi Arich himself who was his brother. So this woman, Bekitzer, is going to be Teveya right now in our story. Mazoinus, she's going to be Teveya Ksuba from Rabbi Arich, who was the Yerish of his brother. Says the Gemara, what happened was, Rabbi Arich supported this Amana for 25 years. After 25 years, Amrale, she came like she always did and said, I want my Mazoinus that you've been giving me for 25 years. Amrale, so Rabbi Arich knew the and he told her, I'm sorry, you're no longer entitled to Ksuba. She said, okay, if I can't get Mazoinus, at the very least, can I get my Ksuba? I'm like, no, no Ksuba is like, you're not entitled to Mazoinus, and you're not entitled to Ksuba either. Why not? Based on our Gemara. The Mishnah says that the Allah is if a woman was not Tevei or Ksuba, and you see it's true for Mazoinus as well, once 25 years passed, to the extent that she went back to Vesavio, she loses her ability to collect, which is exactly what happened in our Maisa Jehoiakah. But the Gemara says that this Chamsei the Rabchia was not willing to just take this. So Tavate Ladina Kamei the Rabbi Barshela. She summons him to a Dentaira in the court of Rabbi Barshela. So Rabchia Richa and his mother in law, that's also his sister in law, is. Standing in front of Rabbi Barshela, and on my way, Rabbi Barshela tells them, Emily, easy, let me hear all the stories. And he starts saying, I want to do a little uh, exploration to see what exactly happened over here. On my way, so Rabbi Aricha said as follows He said, Zanisa Esen I supported this woman for 25 years nosh, while she was living with her family. And he said, I swear, I used to take Mizoinus every single day, and I used to put it on my shoulder, and that was the COVID that I used to give her when I supported her during this entire time. So Rabbi Barshela looked at Rabbi Aricha, and he said, What's the reason that we make a distinction when it comes to this halach of 25 years between whether she's living with her father, whether she's living with her husband? Meaning, why is it that when she's living with her husband, with the assignment, she can't continue to collect past the 25 years. The reason she wasn't there during this time period is not because she's being moichol, but it's because she was embarrassed, because she was being so well taken care of that her midas atzniyos didn't allow her to be Hachanami. So Rabbi Barshelo told Rabbi Aricha, in this case, even though she went back to Vesavia, but being that you gave her so much COVID, it's, she's embarrassed, she's and it's for that reason she wasn't be 
being Tavei. In other words, Rabbi Barashel told Rabbi Aricha, you are a Moisef Gereya. Because you are Mechabeter in such an incredible way, that's good for why, even after 25 years, you're going to still be obligated to support her. Because you were giving her such covet, so she felt uncomfortable being Tavei at the Ksuba. She's still entitled to the Ksuba, and as a result, she's still entitled to the Mazayinus. She's still going to be entitled to everything. But the Gemara says, Loi Ashkach, that Rabbi Aricha did not listen to the Psaka of Rabbi Barashel. Amazing. He heard a psaq, but he didn't listen to the psaq. So, Rabbi Barashel Adayet, this is what every Bezdin would do, meaning in the event that Bezdin Paskins, that somebody owes somebody else money, what they would do is they would often write an adrachta. So, Rashi sends us to a sugi in Perakamafkid, which Rashi quotes again in the course of the daf, which discusses more precisely what this adrachta is. But in short, it's a shtar that allows a person that someone owes money to, to go into that person's estate, take a piece of karka, and sell it. So, Rabbi Barshewa gave this almana an adrachta to go forcefully and take some nechassim away from Rabbi Aricha so that she's going to get her super. She's going to get what she's entitled to. So the Gemara says, also the Kami de Rav. Rabbi Aricha was not happy with what Rabbi Barshelo did. So he went to Rav and he told Rav everything. Look at this, what's going on here. Rabbi Barshelo paskined against me. He even gave the Amana and Adrachta. Amalei Sarav said, I hate to say it, but Shaper Danach. No, what he did was 100% right. Amalei, so now this Amana, when she had the Haskama, not only from Rabbi Barshelo, but also from Rava. So she went back to court. She was really going after Rabbi Meaning it turns out now this Adrachta that I have is a good Adrachta. Rabbi Aricha tried appealing it and he was unsuccessful. So this is a real Adrachta. Now the Adrachta was something that I had gotten a month ago. We've been in court for the last month. I want to take the payers from that character that the Adrachta entitled me to for that last month. On my law, Zerubbos told this woman, okay, let me see your Adrachta, meaning you're bringing up a very, very good point. I want to see your Adrachta. Chazio, so he sought to let me have a cuss about, didn't say it in the Adrachta, there was one line, which is apparently standard language in every Adrachta, or every Adrachta that is dealing with a situation similar to ours that it did not say here. And that is, it did not say that we recognize that this piece of character that she is going to now take away per this adrachta is a piece of character that belonged to the misna. It belonged to Rabchia Richa's brother, meaning this woman's late husband. Because it was really only that karka that's mishubit to the woman's ksuba, and it's only for that karka that Bezdin would have ever imposed an adrachta. And it, that, that line, which really makes that point very, very clear, was not written inside the adrachta. So Rava turns to this woman and says, I'm sorry, but Adrachta was not written properly. And because it was not written properly, so you can't now use this Adrachta and go back to collect from the day that you received Adrachta all those payers thinking that, oh, I have a Shtar Adrachta, let me collect it. It's not okay. She told him, Okay, I hear. So I understand that I can't collect the payers going back to the day that I received the Adrachta. But at the very least, can I collect payers from the day that the Yoyme Achraza were completed? Meaning, I should at least be able to collect something with this Adrachta. So this is where the Gemara Namafkid helps. 
in terms of understanding this Gemara. Rashi says that there's a machoikis over there when a person has an adrachta, whether it's a balchoiv, or in this case you have an amana that's coming to collect her ksuba, there's, uh, there are three shittas at what point the adrachta goes into effect. One sheet is it's from the time that the adrachta was signed. Another sheet is it's from the time that the balchoiv, or in our case the woman, physically receives the adrachta in her hand. There's a third sheet that says that when a person got an adrachta, so what he would do is he would identify a property, and then Bezdin would assess the value of the property, and the way they did the Shuma, we saw the Shuma Aniyim, Shuma Dayanim, Shuma Hektish, is they would make a big hachroza. it's like this, they made sure they would get the proper price, and the Shailah is that, when does the adrachta go into effect? From the time that it was signed, from the time that the Balchayv receives it, or is it from the time that it's Shlimu Yoyme Achrasta? It's from when the Zman of the Achraza is completed. Any Paris during that interim period, who gets it? Is it going to belong to the person that's now going to take the Karka, or does it remain by the person that owns it right now? So Rava told this woman that you're not entitled to use your adrachta. So her follow-up, I'm assuming her lawyer's follow-up, was, I understand I can't get the payers based on when I received the adrachta. Even though there is a sheet in Parakamavke that that would be enough. But at the very least, let me get it from the outside date, from the latest Zman of the three sheetas from the Yoyma the Shlimu Yoyma Achras Dad Hashta. Amaleba Rava said it's a nice argument, but at the end of the day, Hanimili Hechet like Sifta Usab Hadrachta. You're missing the point. The point is this Hadrachta has a toys in it. Aval Hechet Sifta Usab Hadrachta less one. You can't use this Hadrachta. Meaning, what we'll do is we'll tear it up and we'll write a new good Hadrachta, but it's not going to get you anything, Lema Freya. That's the point. This Hadrachta in and of itself, you can't use anything. Amale says she really knew her stuff and she responded and she said, you Rava, I know your sheet the Rava. How she knew this was Rava's sheet But she said, I know you hold Achrayas Toy Seiferu. Don't you hold Achrayas Toy Seiferu? Now, the Sugi of Achrayas Toy Seiferu is when you have a star and the star doesn't specifically mention Achrayas. says, Machlokis and Chas, do we assume that if it doesn't say Achrayas in the star, so this transaction was done without Achrayas? Oh no, we say Achrayas Toy Seiferu. The Seiferu must have made a mistake. Now, Rava's sheet is that Achrayas is Toy Seiferu. So, she argued that if Achrayas is Toy Seifer, so the fact that this line is missing, the line that says, that's probably also Toy Seifer. So the fact that it's not there shouldn't make the Adrach Apostle. It sh- we should just attribute it to the fact that it's Toy Seifer. Amal Rav told her, No, this is not a Toy Seifer. Achrayas, Toy Seifer. This is not Toy Seifer. This wasn't Toy Seifer, this was Toy Dayan. The reason this line wasn't mentioned in the Shtar is because Rabbi Barashel was the one that instructed the Seifer to write the Shtar. And when Rabbi Barashel instructed him to write it, he didn't tell him to write this line. Because his sheet is that this line is not important. Okay, let's just get this line a little clearer. The line says, We're making it clear in the Shtar Adrachta that if she's going to identify a piece of property, we know for a fact that this piece of property belonged to her husband as opposed to the Yerush. Because if it belongs to the Irish, it's not Meshubah Terksuba. The only time it's Meshubah Terksuba is if it belongs to her husband. So it's only then that she's entitled to take it. That's a very important halacha as it relates to Adrachta. Otherwise, she's taking something that she's not allowed to take. That's the line that was missing. Now, she was tying, if it was missing, it's probably Toh Seifer. Rava said, it's not Toh Seifer, it's Toh Rabbi Bar The Dain himself is the one that made a Toh. And the reason is because he purposely didn't put it there because he didn't think it was necessary. What was his mistake? Why didn't he think it was necessary? So Rav explained, who saw that? He thought, Hani vahani dide. At the end of the day, 
if she's going to take with this adrachta property that belonged to her husband, or if she's going to take property that belonged to Rabbi Aricha, her husband's brother, it should make no difference. Because right now they both belong to Rabbi Aricha. So Mali Mehani, Mali Mehani. What difference does it make which piece of property she takes? And that's why Rabbi Barshela never included this in his Shtarad Rachta, because he thought it's neither here nor there. What difference does it make? It matters if you take this piece of property or that piece of property. They both belong to Rabbi Aricha right now. We're going to take based on a, a certain value. So really, what's going to change? Abba Veloyi, the Gemara says, Rabbi said it was a mistake because Zimnan because there is a scenario where something not okay can come from it. And that is, what happens if Bezdin gives her this Shtaradrachta? Like in this case, Rabbi Brashelu gave her Shtaradrachta. And she now identifies a piece of property. And this piece of property was not a piece of property that belonged to her husband, but it's a piece of property that belonged really to Rabbi Aricha. And what's she going to do? She knows this is her property. She's going to start working it a little bit. She's going to make sure that this property is taken care of. She's going to mow the lawn. right? She's going to do whatever needs to be done. Now, the property that belonged to her husband, that really she was supposed to take, that one she's going to let go. What's going to happen potentially then is again, just putting names to faces, is going to then come and he's going to say, one second, you took my property, you're supposed to take your husband's property. So he's going to swap it out, which really, really he's allowed to do. And she's going to end up taking now this piece of property that nobody took care of because she was taking care of the property that she thought she can take, which was really his. But really, she wasn't allowed to take that one. So, the one that she was taking care of is going to end up going to Rabchi Aricha, which is really the way it's supposed to be. She's going to end up taking a piece of property that nobody took care of. And here's the punchline. People are going to find out that she collected and she collected a piece of property that was all not taken care of and nobody was watching it and nobody was, was, was working it. And it's going to end up being a laz for the Bezden so to prevent that from happening. So for that reason, it's very important that we include the ishtamaydana, the nechassim, the mishnah, because that's the halacha. The halacha is, it's only those nechassim that are meshubed. And all the other nechassim are not meshubed. You're going to tell me at the end of the day, who cares, mali mehani, mali mehani? No, it does make a difference, because there is a potential situation of asi lafuki lazal beidina. That's why Ravel said that this is not toy soifer. I know Rabbi Barshela didn't think it made a big difference. He made a mistake. It was toys the dying. It wasn't toy soifer, and it's for that reason. Reason he unwound this transaction. He said the Adrachta is not a, a valuable document. It's worthless. You can't be you can't collect from it at all. Not even from the Yoimid Shlimo Achrasta. He said 100 percent you're entitled, meaning at the end of the day, he concurred with Rabbi Bratshela's initial psak that Rabhiya Aricha was going to have to continue supporting this woman even past the 25 years. The fact that she didn't collect it, even though she was Bevei Savio, didn't mean anything because he was taking such good care of her that ironically, counterintuitively, it actually worked against him. But at the same time, as far as the Adrachta goes, the Adrachta was done by toys. So Rabbi Aricha got a little bit what he wanted to hear, but he didn't get everything he wanted there. He was hoping he wouldn't have to give her anything after 25 years. Rabbi Barshela and Rava signed off on that psaac, he said, no, no, the 25 years, 100% I agree with. You're going to be responsible to continue to take care of her, you owe her the ksuba. She wanted to use the adrach that the Rabbi Rashela gave her and to collect Paris Lema Freya, that much not. And so at the end of the day, 
What did she lose out? She lost out those Paris Lamafreya. She needs a new Adrachta. This time it's going to be written properly. It's going to have that line. Now she'll be able to collect moving forward. And on that note, Hadron Halach Anoise. So the next and final Perik of Mechsechtis Ksubes begins. Me'inyin le'inyin ba'oseinyin, continuing to discuss in almana ni'zoynis, sort of, and then immediately, as we're going to see, the Gemara is going to digress to some agadata, some different sugyas, for the first few dafin here in the parak, and then at the end of the parak, we're going to digress again, and the Gemara is going to end with some of the most famous epic agadata Gemaras in Shas. Either way, so the Gemara stay dainig zeros how you There were two dainig zeros. The Gemara will explain what that means. Ayn Rashi, Farish big Gemara. So there were two dainig zeros in Yerushalayim Irakodesh. Who were their names? Admoin the Chanan ben Avishalim. One was named Admoin, and the other one was named Chanan, the son of Avishalim. Incidentally, the first Tosfos in the Berak says that the right Girsa is Chanan ben Avishalim as opposed to Chanan ben Avshalim. And Tosfos says it has to be that way. Why? Because Rameir Shita in Perak Chelik in Masachta Sanhedrin is that Avshalim ain't loy Chelik ba'olam haba. And we know the Shem Risham Yirkov that you're not supposed to name somebody after the name of a Russia. And if an Avshalim in the final analysis is that means he goes down in history as a Russia. And he's included in the Pasuk of Hashem Risham Yerkov. And there's no way you'd have this Gadol Adar Hanan ben Avshalim. Can't be. Must be, says Taisvis, quoting Rabbi Nutam, that the right gears in the Mishnah is not Hanan ben Avshalim, but rather Hanan ben Avishalim. Different name. Either way, Hanan ben Mishnah Hanan said two things. He only said two things. So Rashi again, two controversial things. There were two things the Hanan said that the Chacham didn't agree with him with. Admin said seven things that the Chacham didn't agree with. Okay, what's what did Hanan say? Let's start. If a man went to Medina Sayyam, and he left a wife behind, and she's been today in Hanan says, so if she wants to be supported from the estate, well, he's alive, of her husband, Bezdin gives her whatever it's she needs. Does she have to swear? Not now. However, she'll have to swear in the event that we find out that he died and she wants to collect her ksuba. To collect the ksuba, she's going to have to swear. And when she swears to collect her ksuba, we're going to throw in we'll make her swear not only with regards to the ksuba, but we're going to make her swear with regards to the mezoinus as well. Now, what's she swearing about? Like, What is the nusach of the choice? Swear what? So she has to swear, Rashi says, She has to swear that her husband didn't give her anything. We'll see more about it in the coming dafin. But she has to swear that her husband didn't give her anything, that she's entitled to Mazoinus. You don't swear that you're entitled to Mazoinus now. The sons of the Kenanim Gedolim, they argued with Hanan. Hence it was controversial. They said, No, that if this woman is going to want to collect her Mazoinus, she's going to have to swear right now. I disagree. I hold like Hanan. She has to swear, but only the Right now, she's not supposed to swear. Now, the real background to this Mishnah is a Mishnah in Perakakoisev, where the Mishnah said that there are five women that when they come to collect their ksuba, they need to swear. Like the para elabishvua, a bali par minachsi is soimim. Like the para 
Bishvua. If she collects her ksuba from the Nechasim Meshubadim, she needs to swear. And Shaloi Bifanov, Loiti Pare Ela Bishvua. So a woman that collects her ksuba, Shaloi Bifnei Baila, the halach is she has to swear. Here she's collecting her mezoinoi shaloi b'fnei baila, and that's the shaila. Do we say just like when a woman collects her ksuba shaloi b'fnei baila, she has to swear so to mezoinus or not? That was the machloikis between Hanan and the bnei koyhanim gedolim, which was also a machloikis. Rabbi Yosef and Horkinus and Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai. And this is the first of the two quote unquote controversial halachas that was said by one of the two dainik zeros, and that was. Admoid. That was Hanan. Zok de Gemara. Vremini. So the Mishnah said that Shnei Dainik Zeris Hoyabri Yushalayim. Admoin and Hanan ben Avishal. Faith Gemara. Is that true? We learned in a Bryce. So Shlisha Dainik Zeris Hoyabri Yushalayim. There were three Dainik Zeris in Yushalayim. Admoin ben Gadoi. The Hanan Hamitsri. The Hanan. Ben Avishnolim. So we have Admoin, here we refer to him as Admoin Ben Gadoi. We have a Hanan Hamitsri and Hanan Ben Avisholim. So we added Hanan Hamitsri. And the Gemara says there's two kashas over here. Number one kashat Lasa terrain. The Mishnah mentioned two Admoin and Hanan Ben Avisholim. And here we have Admoin Ben Gadoi, Hanan Hamitsri, and Hanan Ben Avisholim. Kashat Zerois, Agzelois. Additionally, our Mishnah refers to Shnei Dainik Zerois, and the Bryson refers to Shloisha Dainik Zerois. So there's two kashas. Number one, is it two or is it three? Number two, in the Mishnah, they're referred to as Dainik Zerois, and in the Bryson, they're referred to as Dainik Zerois. Now, Toysavis, the top Toysavis on the Yomit, asks the obvious question. And that is, shouldn't one kasha answer the other kasha? Meaning, to the extent that we assume that xelois and xerois are two different things, zoisoimeres, they're talking about two different things. So, shtei daine xerois and shloisha daine xelois. So what's the kasha? There were two dayonim that were dainik zeros, whatever that means, and there were three dayonim that were dainik zeros, whatever that means. So Toysav says two teruts, and Toysav's first teruts is, for Omar Rebbe, the enoi svaro shetehilo dayin echot shetehisrores. It's not mistaber that one dayin would have had two shtelers. The kama anoshim chashuvim hoyub Yerushalayim. Because there were so many chashuvah people in Yerushalayim, so yuchayilam lamu dechol sraru sraru. That really were deservant of a good shteller. So it almost isn't fear. Why would we have made one person say one of the dainik zeloys and say one of the dainik zeros? It's not mistaber that way. And therefore the Gemara held that you can't say that these are two separate things. And Admon Chanab and Avishalom are the two Dainik Zeros, and they're two of the three Dainik Zeros, plus there's a third one of the Dainik Zeros, because that means that Hanan, Ben Avshalom, and Admon have two Stellars. And why would you give one person two Stellars? And it's for that reason, Taisu says it's not Mastaber that that's what's going on over here. So if that's the case, we have a steer between the two. Bryce's is the right way to describe this position, the shteller, as dainik zeilois or as a dainik zeiros. That's number one. And number two, it's two or three. It's the most official. I class the kasha. Official the kasha. It's two or three. I don't know if that's a problem because the chashuv leiktoni, chashuv leiktoni. Maybe Admon and Chanam and Avishalom were more chashuv than Chanana Mitzri. And that's why the Mishnah mentions two out of the three, the two more chashiv of the three. I mean, the Mishnah knows there were three, but the Mishnah is only singling out these two because these two are more chashiv. But what would explain why in the Mishnah they're referred to as Dainik Zeroys and in the Brisa they're referred to as Dainik Zeroys? said, you have to say that they were Dainik Zeroys and they were Dainik Zeroys. What does that mean? Shall you go Zeroys, Al Zeroys? 
The reason they were referred to sometimes as dying and sometimes as dying is because really they were both true. Meaning what they were, were dying they used to be geyser xeros, and they were geyser xeros related to inyon xeros. Look at the time, one example. Kitma netia. So Rashi says, we're talking about a real Bavakama case. A behemoth entered the Rishus Nizik, and the behemoth was mazik. So in the event that the behemoth was mazik and netia, something that was growing, a plant. These geyser xeros said, netia bashnasa, if the plant is one year old, if you have to pay two kasa, if it's two years old, arba kasa, if you have to pay four kasa. So this is just an example of one of the takonos that were made by these goizrin gzeros al gzeros that they gave dollar amounts for this hezek. Just to be clear, of course, if a behemoth is mazik, so you pay dollar for dollar, whatever the behemoth was mazik, right? We're not dealing with knossos over here. We're, we're making up numbers of how much you're supposed to pay for damages. Anytime a person is mazik or behemoth is mazik, with the exception of keifel and al and chatzinezek, that according to one man Dhamma pays is knas, but the point is ordinarily what you pay is dollar for dollar what you damage. So really the, the nature of the Xera was sometimes we just don't know what things are worth. So what they had to do was is they just had to like codify it. So they said that if it's a, a Natiya Bashnasa, this is its value. If it's Bashtation, this is what its value is. But either way, they're referred to as Goizri Xeros and Goizri Xeros because they're really both true. They're both appropriate titles to describe this position because what they were were Goizrei Gzeiroiks al Gzeiroiks. Faith to Gemara Nachakasha. Viramini, another Bryce that discusses the same point. Shlisha, Dainei Gzeiroiks, Hayyibrisham, there are three Dainei Gzeiroiks in Rishalayim. Admoin, Vechanan, Vinachum. Admoin, Chanan, and Nachum. Now, this Bryce mentions Dainei Gzeiroiks like our Mishnah said. So, what's the Kasha? The Kasha, the Mishnah said two, and the Bryce says three. Who did it add? It added Nachum. So what's the kasha? Maybe Nochem was not chashev. So the Rishonim speak out, Nochem was chashev. And because Nochem for sure was chashev, so the kasha is, you can't answer what we answered earlier with regards to Hanan Mitzri that he wasn't chashev because Nochem for sure was chashev. So how come Nochem is not mentioned in our Mishnah? Our Papa said, Papa said, Man Tanu Nochem, Rab That it's true, the Braise doesn't say what the Mishnah says, but it's really the opinion of a, of a Das Yochid. Who was the Das Yochid that held that Nochem was also one of the guys who exerced? It was Rab Nossin. The Tanya Rab Nossin, I mean, Af Nochum Hamadi Migoizre Xeros Shabi Rushalayim Hoya, Veloi Hoyduloi Chacham, Freikumar Basulako, where there are only two or three, for Amar Apinchas, Rapinchas said Amar Abayashi in the name of Abayashi, Sholish Meos, Fetishim, Ababa, Titim Hoy Rushalayim, there were 394 Bate Dinim in Rushalayim. Rashi says each one of these Bate Dinim were made up of 23 members. So these were what we know as a Sanhedric Katana. So the Sanhedrin Agado was 70, 71 members, and the Sanhedrin Katana was made up of Chav Gimel members. They were able to pass in the Nefashas, but this 394 such Patidinim, Kinegdom Patiknesias, Corresponding to that, there were 394 Batiknesis, Rashi says, what are you doing to Besaknesis? Lispalo, the Daven. Ukinegda Batimidrashis, there were also 394 Batimidrashis of Rashi, Lemishna Uladalmid, that's what we learned in Tayushabapeh. Ukinegda Batisoifrim, what do you do there? Lumoitinoikis, that's with the children, Tacheder. But either way, you see that 394 Batidinims, what do you mean, two or three? Is thousands. So the Gemara says, Dayanam tu bahab is true. There were many, many Dayanam, Bechi Karminon, Agoizer Xeris Karminon. It's not a stereo. We didn't say, Shtei Dayanam. We said, Shtei Dayne Xeris, are you? Two Dayne Xeris. Amr Abidu Maravasi. Goizer Xeris, Shibushlam, Hoytenoitl, Scharan. The So when they got paid, they got paid from the Chumas Alishka. More about the Chumas Alishka and Tamarza. But they got paid from the Chumas Alishka. What was their 
income, meaning what did they get paid? It was 99 mana. So each mana is made up of 100 zuts. So it's 9,900 zuts. But that's what they used to keep. This was an annual salary. If they weren't okay with this, they would give them more faith. But they weren't happy with this. What we're dealing with, Risham. Meaning the assumption is that this number, there's a methodology to it. This is what they need in order to be able to live. They're not happy. I mean, this is is going to pay all their bills. Why wouldn't they be happy with this? In the event that they needed more money for whatever reason, just the opposite. These are tzaddikim. Even if they didn't want to take more, we would force them to take more. On this note, Karna was a dayan. And he used to take a matbeya and a steer. That's a certain dollar amount from both parties. And he used to paskin, Shailas. So if you wanted to go to Karna and you wanted him to be a dayan for something that you're involved in, so he would say, no problem. But there was a fee. You'd have to pay. Both parties would pay. Freight to Gemara. A dying's allowed to take money from the Balekdin. The Hechi Yavad Hachi. The Pasik says, The Shoychad Loy Sikach. Not allowed to take Shoychad. Maybe the only time this Anissa Shoychad is if you're not taking from both. Because we're afraid you may bend the din in the direction of the person that you got money from. Being that you took from both, so what are you worried about? You worried because he gave you money, so therefore you're going to be thinking in his favor, or well, the other guy also gave you money. But the Gemara says it's not true. You mean to say that the Isr Shoychad is only when there's a chashash that you may paskin wrong, but otherwise it's not a problem? It's not true. But how do you It says in the Torah, a judge is not allowed to take a bribe. Why does the Torah have to say this? If it's coming to say, meaning when the Pasuk says that a dying can't take a bribe, does it mean to say, don't be corrupt and take money from someone so that you'll judge in his favor? Is that what that Pasuk means? Sounds like that's what it means. But is that really what it means? It can't be. Because we have another Pasuk that already addresses this and all related situations. And that is, A dying is not going to be corrupt when he judges. So included in that is you can't take a kickback. You can't take a bribe or something of that nature. It's very, very obvious. So what then is the Chiddush of the Lav of Shaychad? To tell me that the judge can't be corrupt, So what's the Chiddush of this Pasuk? You know what the even if the judge has all the right intentions, he's not taking it to be corrupt. He's just taking it to take it. Still, I'm retired. The Torah is very clever. So what's the Gemara's cash again? How could Karna take? Even if he's taking from both people, so he's not going to be corrupt. But you see, this Shoychad has nothing to do with being corrupt. In fact, corrupt, we know that from another passage. So how is Karna allowed to do it? So the Gemara says, The only time it's a problem is if you're taking it as Shoychad. Karna didn't take it as shaykhat. Karna took it as a fee. Meaning, Karna's time was very valuable. So he says, you want me now to spend a day figuring out your din taira? No problem, I'll do it. But you're going to have to pay me. But the Gemara says, still, but taira is agra mishari. Is that what the time we learned in the Mishnah? If somebody, a judge, takes money to paskin a shaykhat, din of betalim. His din is bottle. It's not even a din. It's worthless. Meaning, if he says shimino's Ruven money, and he was paid to paskin the Shiloh. Shimon doesn't owe Ruven any money. But the Gemara says, Hanimili Agardino. It's true. There is such a law. But that's if the Dayan is getting paid for the actual din. It says, meaning, 
You want me to issue a ruling? You want a legal opinion? No problem. You're going to have to pay for it. Oh, but Karna Agar Betela Havashakal. Karna wasn't getting paid for the din. He wasn't getting paid to issue a ruling. What Karna was getting paid for was for his time. It's different. His time is a different situation. Meaning, he said, my time is valuable. I'm worth X amount of dollars an hour. So when you want me now to work for you, no problem. You're going to have to pay me for my time. But the Gemara says, is that he also mutter? A dayan that takes money to paskin is disgusting. However, at the end of the day, if he paskins, it's going to be a din. So says, hey, Chidami, what's the case? Is doesn't mean a dayan that takes money to actual issue a ruling. Is that true? Is din is a din? We just mentioned it a second ago. It's actually a vahad tanah, not vahad dayan. That if a dayan takes money to paskin, it's bottle. Must be that this is not talking about where he took it to issue the ruling, but he took it for Agra He's getting paid for his time. And it says that a dayan that takes money for this is disgusting. So the Gemara says, The only time this is true is if this is where he's taking money for his time, but it's not so muchach that that's what he's doing. That's mechur. But the evidence, okay, but it's mechur. When Karna was taking money, it was muchach. Everybody knew that Karna's time was valuable. And as a result, it was muchach when he took money that what he was taking was agar betela, and that's why it was okay. Now, how did everybody know that if Karna gives you a day, he's losing money, because everyone knew what Karna did for Parnasa. What did he do? Because what Karna used to do is he was a wine connoisseur. And he would go into people's wine cellars and he would be mariach their wine. He would smell it. And through sniffing out the wine, he was able to tell people, you know, this bottle of wine is going bad. I recommend you drink this really, really quickly. This has this much of a lifespan left to it. And this was something that he was able to do. And people used to pay him for this. And this business, apparently, Rashi says, was booming. Any day that he wanted to put a full day's work in, he can get all the business he wanted. So everybody understood that if you hire Kaina to do a job for you right now, meaning he's going to come and he's going to be your dying, it's coming at a real expense. He, everyone knows he has a billable hour, so therefore it was considered not mechur to pay him for it because it was understood that he was taking it for Agra Patelo. But then Hanami, if you would be a dying and you would take, oh, no, I'm not asking you to pay me shoychat chas v'shal. Not even, I'm pay me for issuing the ruling. I just want Agra Patelo. But as far as we know, you don't even have work today. So it's not muchach anyways that what you're taking is Agra Patelo. In that case, it's mechur adayin. That's when it's not going to be okay. So the Gemara says that just like Karna used to do this, there was another Amari that used to do this. Gehad Rav Huna. When it didn't come to Rav Huna, he would tell the Oilam, Havuli Gavr the Dali B'charikoi. So Rav Huna had a, a job. He used to shep water for a whole other story, and he would say, oh, I have to pass in a Shiloh today, and as a result, I need someone to do my job, and then I'm going to pass it. But he would make that proclamation. Why would he do it? Because again, he wanted it to be muchach, that he needs Agav Taylor right now, because otherwise I'd be doing something else. And in that case, it's going to be okay. So really what emerged from this Gemara, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow, is that there's different levels in a dayan taking money. So you have a dayan that takes shoychad, with the intention of issuing a corrupt ruling. That's Leisata Mishpat. There's a situation where a Dayan takes money, not necessarily to issue a, a faulty ruling, but at the same time he says, and I'll give you a, a psaq. Even if he does it with the right intentions, that's included in the Lav and the Torah, of the Then there's a concept where a Dayan takes 
money to issue a ruling. You want the legal opinion? It's going to cost a certain dollar amount. A dime that does that is considered a neutral schar laden and dean of betela. Then there's a concept where a dayan takes money, posh it for his, his anger betela. He says, for me to issue a ruling, for me to put time into this, it's going to take me seven hours. So my hourly rate is this, based on the fact that I have a job and this is what I usually make an hour, and I need you to pay me for it. In that case, it depends. If it's nicker, that there's an agapteil, it's mutal lechatchila, there will be doyle yoylam, karna, rafuna, that used to do this. If it's not nicker, then it's mechura davar. Now, dinov, a not betelah, it's not like a neutral schalodah, but at the same time, it's not considered a very, very fine thing. But regardless, how do we get into this? Because Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav Asi that these guys exerce in Rishalayim, that our parents started with, they used to get paid from the Trumas Halishka. So they got paid, meaning we made sure that they had a salary, because they don't have a salary, how are they going to live? So they used to get paid, and the way they got paid was from the Trumas Halishka. So we mentioned Shaykhad, the Gemara is going to digress now, deep into tomorrow's daf, talking about the topic of Shaykhad. So we begin with Advar Agadah. Take a look at how blinded are the eyes of people that take Shaykhad. If somebody has a problem with his eye, so he's going to go to a doctor, he's going to give him money. Now, Suffolk, Misrapa, Suffolk, and Misrapa, even though he doesn't even know if he's going to be healed, but on the side that he's going to get a refuah, he's going to pay whatever he needs to pay. And the Dayan and Neutlin Shava Pruta, literally a Pruta, they take and they cause themselves to become a Sumash. What's the point? The point is, is that if this same Dayan right now was having trouble with his eyes, he would pay all the money to have a refuah. Yet, he takes a little bit of money knowing that this is something that's going to cause him to become a summa. That's what the Pasuk says. Meaning, if Shaykhar blinds the eyes of the wise, certainly the eyes of the foolish, and it causes the words of the tzaddikim to be corrupt, certainly for the Risham. But the Gemara says, I understand. The whole Issa Shaykhar is an Issa regarding a Dayan. A Dayan, by definition, is a Chacham, and he's a Tzaddik. If he's a tippish, then he doesn't have this job. And if he's a Roshno, doesn't need to have this job. So, with Darshan in the Pasek, that Madach Shaykhar affects the Chacham, certainly the tippish. Which tippish is the Dayan? Madach affects the Tzadik, certainly the Roshno. Which Roshno is the Dayan? El HaChikam. It must be, the Brayse means something different. Even if you have a Chacham Gadol, if he takes Shaykhar, at some point, he's going to end up becoming a Shaykhar. Again, he's going to end up becoming a Shaykhar. Somebody that takes shaykhad, it affects but it also affects his mind, and at some point he's going to end up becoming a rasha, he's going to end up becoming a fool. I am the top rashi that explains what this has to do with the words of the Brysa, which seem to be mentioning a kavachaymer, meaning the Brysa sounded like it was telling us a kavachaymer. This new pshat is, is not really a kalvachomer. I enchop kiyos, Rav Dimi Yomer. Rav Dimi gave him a retzot to bubble. He said as follows. Dorish Rav Nachman Bar Koyen. Rav Nachman Bar Koyen said the following Joshua. My dear, what's pshat in the Pasuk? And this is a Pasuk in Mishle. That says, Melech b'mishpat yamid aretz v'ish terumois yaresena. Imdoi medayin lamelech. If a dayin is like a melech, she'en oitzorech l'kum who needs nothing, yamid aretz. It's v'dayin gut. V'imdoi melekoyen. But if the... Dayan is like a koyen, shemechazer alagronos, that he's mechazer alagronos, like the koyanim were mechazer alagronos. 
Yomi Truma, Yomi Meiser, Yomi Trumas Meiser, I want my Bikurim, I want my Reishas Hagez, I want my Zroyal Chayayim and the Kevas. If that's what he's doing, Yerusen, it's going to be bad. Meaning a Dayan, Rashi says it's an Usher that doesn't need anything. That's the best Dayan. So the perfect Dayan is a Dayan that's Doim Lamelech, that he doesn't need anything. Because a Dayan that's Doim Tokayin is not so good. So it's interesting. We have a Drosh in Marav Doim Lamelech. Not Lamalach, but Lamalach. So the Rav, you want to be diamond to the Malach, and the Dain, you want to be diamond to the Malach. I'm a Rabbi Barav Shela. So we're coming full circle here. The Daf began with Rabbi Barav Shela. Smoked the Gemara. Rabbi Barav Shela said, Hey, Daino, this Shel, Shilta, Apostle, the Maiden Dino. Any Dain that borrows things from people, can't paskin. Why? Sheikhat. Every time you borrow, you're getting a favor. It's only true if he doesn't lend in return. But if he lends, because it evens itself out. Rabbi used to borrow things from the Bay Barmerian, from those people. Even though they never borrowed anything from him. But the Gemara says, When Rabbi used to borrow from them, Rabbi wasn't the beneficiary of this favor. They were the beneficiaries. Because you know good a person would feel if you got to lend something to the God of Adar, it'd make you feel good. You'd feel a lot better than the God of Adar felt. So although Rava was really taking, but by Rava taking, he was really giving. Oh my Rava. Rava said, my time at the Shukhta. Why is Shaykhad such a big deal? What is the source of the Isr Shaykhad? Keep in the Kabbalah Shukhta Mineh. Because if a person takes Shaykhad from a Baldin, it's going to create some Kirav Das. It's going to create a kurva, he's going to become like one with the person that gave him the money. And a person doesn't have the ability to be and therefore you're not going to be able to judge properly. In fact, the Gemara says, What's the etymology of the word shaychad? Shehuchad. He's one with the person that gave him the money. Amr said, A person should not pass in a shadow for somebody that he really likes. Not for somebody that he hates. The the one that he likes, he shouldn't pass in. He should recuse himself from such a din. Why? Because if you like the person, it's going to be very difficult for you to see bad. The sonilei, it's a person you don't like. You shouldn't. Why? Because like Chazal it's going to be very difficult for you to see anything good. If you have it, that everybody likes it. Meaning, if somebody's popularity is very, very high, that across the board his ratings are literally soaring. It's not necessarily an indication that this person is so gavaldig. Probably means he's not giving such musa. So if there's a rav, if there's a reisha called that everybody loves across the board, could. Be. It's related to the fact that he just lets them do what they want to do. On my rubber, rubber, and the rich have a mean. I used to say, I always thought the people in Mechuzo, they liked me. I always thought that the Ulam, where I was rough, everybody was okay with me. Keeping the Havoy dying under, then I became a dying. Amina, and I assume, probably some people love me, and some people not so much. Who likes me? The ones that I've issued favorable ruling stores. Who doesn't like me? The people that were on the wrong end of these rulings. But but then I became a Rav, or a Dayan, for a very long time. And the guy that was Zakai today ended up becoming Chayef tomorrow, and vice versa. So I realized that if people like me or don't like me, it's probably nothing to do with the Dinim, because that's a moving target. Meaning, if people are going to like me or not like me, it's going to have nothing to do with these rulings. We're going to make an abrupt short stop. We're going to stop the daf right here. Come up for breath. 
and speak out a little bit of raid, not related to today's daf, although today's daf is fast, but as promised, go back to the sugya. I think that's what it is. The sugya of the Shaspti Rasa Shal Rebbe on Dav Kuf Gimel Amid Aleph. So the Gemara brought a brace. Tanu Rabbanu, the Shaspti Rasa Shal Rebbe, the time that Rabbi Yudha Nasi was Nifter, Omar, he said, Lebanai Anitzarch, I need to speak to my sons. Nichnes Ubanu Vetzlai. So his sons entered his room. So Rabbi Yudha Nasi is lying on his deathbed. Omar, let me told them, Hizaru Bechvay Dimchem. I'm going to tell you three things. Number one, make sure that you give the proper covet to your mother. The Gemara said she wasn't his, their mother, but stepmother. And being that la'acha miso, there is no chiyuv of being mechabed eshens aviv. Therefore, Rabbi Danasi had to tell them and be maza them that I want you to give your stepmother covet. The second thing he said was, That I want you to make sure that my seat at the table is going to be set the way it was while I was alive. And finally, Yosef Chefani and Shimon Efrosi, they will be shamish me while I was alive. I want them to be shamish me after I die, which the more clarified meant that he was telling them that in the next world, in the afterlife, they would be the ones that would be mishamash me as well. So the second of the three things that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi told the sons was, Rabbi Kiveger in Gilean Ashas is Mitzayin, a Sefer Chassidim, one of the Rishonim, Rabbi Yehuda Chassid, that tells us the rest of the story. The Sefer Chassidim says as follows, that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi wanted that his seat should be set up perfectly, like the Gemara explains, because he used to come home. When did he come home? Every Friday night, says the Sefer Chassidim, when he would appear on Friday night, he would come wearing his best clothing. These were his Shabbos clothing. And not just that, he would even make Kiddush, and he would partner the Rabbim with his Kiddush. And he didn't have a din like an ordinary mace, that are potter from mitzvahs, because tzaddikim are different. Even after they die, they're still alive. And as a result, they have an ability to patter others the Kiddush. In other words, the Sefer Chassidim says that not only did Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, did Rebbe come back after he had already left this world, but when he would come back, he would patter all his bias with the mitzvah of Kiddush. Now, why is there such a Kiddush? The reason this is such a Kiddush is because someone that's not chayiv in a mitzvah can't be mighty someone else that is chayiv in a mitzvah with that mitzvah. So for example, a katan can't be mighty a gadol with a mitzvah because katanim are pturim in a mitzvah's midday raisa whereas gadolim are chayiv in a mitzvah's midday raisa. A mace is pater in a mitzvah. Now you're going to say, of course he is. Believe it or not, this is Nagaya, sugis and shahs after Tchiyas HaMesim, but the point is, HaMesim is part of the mitzvahs. It says, LaMesim Chavshi, Chazal Darshin, that once a person dies, he's Chavshi in mitzvahs. He's free. He no longer has to observe the Tyrek mitzvahs. Not the mitzvahs Haseh, not the mitzvahs Lois Haseh. Once a person dies at that point, he's not Chayv in mitzvahs anymore. Now, Rabbi Yudan Nasi died. So if he had passed away, even though he's coming back some miraculous way, Ober's the HaMesim, the Kimach HaMesim, Nasi Chavshi in mitzvahs. 
And based on that, he's potted from the mitzvah of Kiddush. He should not have had the ability to be mitzvah his family with the mitzvah of Kiddush. Stating that, Kvegi brings a Seyfa Chesidim, where the Seyfa Chesidim says that he did. How was he allowed to do that? So the Lashon of the Seyfa Chesidim is, Because even after they die. As a result, he didn't really have a din of a mace. And because he didn't really have a din of a mace, it's for that reason... He wasn't included in the halach of Lamesim Mesim Chavshi, and he was able to be moitzi all his bnei bayis with the mitzvah of Kiddush. Rabruvi Margolis, in his commentary that he wrote on Sefer Chesidah, which is called Mekar Chesed, so this is in Ois Ches, he says that Yesh Loimar, that the Oimek in what the Sefer Chesidah is saying, can be understood based on something that the Ramami Pano, above our prayer grade, but something that the Ramami Pano says. And that is, the Ramami Pano said that we know Yaakov Avinu was loy meis. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was a Gilgal. He had a Nitzutz Neshama of Yaakov Avinu. In fact, the Ramami Pano said that that's why Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was known as the Nasi, because the word Nasi is Rosh Tevis. Nishmasai Shel Yaakov Avinu. And Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi had the Neshama, he was a Nitzvot of Yaakov Avinu. So Yaakov Avinu was Loimez, and because Yaakov Avinu was Loimez, so in that same vein, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was also Loimez. And that's why you find Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, the Gemara says in Ksubis Kuv Gimel, said, Ner and my Shulchan should be set up, and my Mita should be set up. Why? Because he came back every Friday night. How did he come back every Friday night? I, he wasn't alive anymore. Where do you find that someone that's not alive? Life, somehow is able to be nichnes v'yoytze. The teretz is because he was a bechin of Yaakov Avinu. And Yaakov Avinu was loimais. And being that Yaakov Avinu was loimais, that's why he was able to come and go. The Ramami Pano was Mitzayin of Medrash Rabbah. The Medrash is in Parashas Vayechi and the Medrash says as follows, and it's really the rest of the story to our Gemara. A very important Hoysafa to Ksubistav Kuf Gimel Amadalaf. The Gemara says, Rabbeinu Nifta when Rabbi Yudanasi was leaving the world, Tziva Shloishadvarim. So he instructed three things. Omar, he said as follows, Al Tazuz Al Menusi Mitoich Beise. I want my almana to remain in my house. This is mamish me inyan le inyan, but it's inyan to all the sugis that we're learning right now. Which is, by the way, why the Gemara interrupted the program of the end of Ksubis to tell us the Mesa with Bashas Pati Rasi Sharebi. But notice it's a little bit of a different nusach. In our Gemara, Rabbi Yudanasi tells his sons, Hizaru Bechvoit Imchem. Here we have a little bit of a better understanding of what he's telling them. Al Tazan's Al Menusi our sugyas, allow her to continue to stay in our house. Don't be masked with me in the Ayaris, which the Gemara clarified, he wanted, because of Kavad HaToyret, to be in the Kraken Gedolim. And I don't want a Nochri to touch my bed after I die. Which is interesting, because at first glance, it sounds like that's the third thing he told his sons. Shimon, Yosef, Shimon, Chefani, and Shimon, Efrasi, and Yosef, Chefani. Although the Gemara clarified that's really not what he was telling them. Because the Gemara said what he was telling them was that in the next world, in the afterlife, they were going to be the ones that were going to be Mishamashmi. But either way, this is the punchline. This is what we need. Says the Medrash, I'm skipping. Where Rabbi Danasi was alive, he lived in Tzipoyri for 17 years. For used to say, that just like Yaakov Avinu lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years, so too I lived in Tzipoyri for 17 years. So the Ramami Pano said that what's 
the Oymek over here. What does this mean? What does it mean that just like Yaakov Avinu lived for 17 years, so too he lived for 17 years. The Oymek Hadvarim is, is that he was Nitzutz Nishmasa Shal Yaakov Avinu. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi is Nishmasa Shal Yaakov Avinu. And just like Yaakov Avinu was Vayechi Yaakov Be'eretz Mitzrayim Shvaz Reishonah, so too it sounds like he had an inkling of this himself, did Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. But either way, said Rabbi Ruben Margolis, that with this oymik, for state and svarim akdoshin, that Rabbi Yehuda Anasi is nasi nishmasa yishal Yaakov Avinu. So he is a beginner of Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu we know was loy meis. And if Yaakov Avinu was loy meis, so that would explain why Rabbi Yehuda Anasi Davka is the one tana that you find in Chas that he was, that he was, the truth is, if you look at the last Ramban in Sefer Bereshis, so the last Ramban in Parashas Vayichi, and Rabbeinu Bechaya, there too, it's not the last Rabbeinu Bechaya, but it's one of the last Rabbeinu Bechaya's, but it's at the very, very end of Sefer Bereshis, the Pesukim that talk about the Misa of Yaakov Avinu, so it sounds a little from the Ramban, more so from Rabbeinu Bechaya, that they Shtelzu, both of them, this Gemara, Ksubastav Kuf Gimel, to the concept of Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis, and it sounds like they're being Megala Tefach a little bit. This Indian that Yaakov, that the, the Bishas Ptirosich or Rabbi Nasi, and the fact that he was able to be Nichnas V'yoytse is somewhat related to that very, very high Madrega, something that we don't understand, and that is this Indian of Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. But the truth is, in Beis Medrash, Beloi, a major Chedesh. That is, that although Chazal said, Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. And now we have a Gemara in Ksubestav Kuf Gimel Amenalf that talks about Shaz Petir Rebbe with the beer of the Svarim Maktoshim and it's very much hinted in the Rishonim and then the Parashas Vayichi that Rehuda Nasi has a Shaykhist to this Indian of Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. But the truth is you find it by others as well. The Vilna Goyen wrote a Pirish on the Tikkunei Zoyar. And in his Pirish and Tikkunei Zayar, he talks a little bit about this Madrega of Yaakov Avinu Loimes. And again, we're talking about things that we don't really understand, but just the words of, of the Vilna guy. He said as follows, Elo HaTzadikim, the following Tzadikim, Malosan Gedoilo. They have a very, very high Milo. Shnyesh Lenafshon Hashpa Merucham. Tzolochein, it's because of that, Yechoidom Leilech Achar HaShchino Kemoi Bechayeyem. Kehanefesh Ba'atzmo Enlo Tnuo. I'm skipping a little bit. And they go This is even after they are no longer alive. What this means, I posh have no idea. I can't even touch it. But this part, I think I could touch. This was the Madrega of Rabbi Huda Nasi. That he's on some level that even Lacha Moisa, he somehow nichnas v'yoytze. It was also the Madrega said the Goyen of Rabbi Yoytze Aglili, says the Goyen, Avol, Madrega's Rav Hamnuna Saba, that was a little bit different, and he was able to do this, I feel a b'choy, I feel a mittenvach. It sounds like from the Goyen, that what the Goyen saying is, is that there's this Pechina of Yaakov Avinu Loimes, which you find by Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, you find it by Rabbi Yossi Aglili, and even more so by Rav Hamnuna Saba, one of them you wrong. You find it by Rav Hamnuna Saba, what's the more so? Because I feel the He was able to do this even during the week. Now the Goyen himself, in that same sugya, that same piece of Tikkun Zayar, he goes weiter, and he explains the Indian of Rav Hamnuna Saba. And the Goyen, again, the Lashoinoi Hazov says that Rav Hamnuna Saba 
was a nitzutz neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what the Goyen said. He had nitzutz neshmasai shal Moshe Rabbeinu. And there is a manda amar in the Sechta Soita, Daf Yud Gimel Amad Beis, that says Moshe Rabbeinu loy meis. Loshan Agamar, loy meis Moshe. Ksiv hocha vayom hasham, vaksiv hosan vayisham im Hashem, ma'ala halon oymedu meshamish, afkan oymedu meshamish. That's a Gemara in the Sechta Soita, Daf Yud Gimel Amad Beis. So even though today we lay the Kriya of Zeus Abracha and the Kriya of Misas Moshe, but there is a manda amar in Soita, Daf Yud Gimel Amad Beis. This is a Talmud Bavli, this is a Nigla that says that Moshe Rabbeinu, like Yaakov Vino, was loy meis. So the Goyen in his Pirish and Tikkun Ezeir said that Revan Nuna Saba was Nishma Seishol Moshe Rabbeinu. And just like Moshe Rabbeinu, there's a manda amar that says loy meis. So that's why he threw in in this Indian as far as Sadiqim they were able to be Nichtas Vyoyz Rav because he's a Pchina of Moshe Rabbeinu Oba Rabbi Yosei Aglili that the Goyen didn't explain so we have Rabbi Yudan Nasi who is Nasi Nishmasi Shal Yaakov Avinu Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis we have Rav Hamnuna Saba said the Goyen because he's Nishmasi Shal Moshe Rabbeinu Loi Meis Moshe Soito Yud Gimel Amit Beis and then we have Rabbi Yosei Aglili so what's this Indian that Rabbi Yosei Aglili too was Zoycha, that he's able to be Nichnas V'yaitza. I saw in the Sefer Magadim Chadashim, going Rabbi David Yoyawai Shlita, and this is in Parshish Kiseitze, it's on the Pasuk, Loisiyah Eishas HaMesa Chutzelizar, it's in the Parish of Yuvamas. So he brings from one of the Rishonim, the Rokeach, the Rokeach wrote a Pirush Alatayra, and on the Pasuk, Loisiyah Eishas HaMesa Chutzelizar, he says as follows, quote, if somebody is mitzayr in almana, habal margish bekever. The almana's husband feels that pain while he's in the kever. Says the Rakeach, the Rabbiyoisei Haglili felt a pain that was being caused to his wife. The Magia on the Rakeach. Who is Hagoyin Hagodur of Chaim Kanyevsky? Writes, quote, three words, Loi Motsasi Amedrish. So the Rekeach said, Loi Sniya HSMS Achutzalizar, somehow teaching in this Pasik, that if someone's Metsair in Amona, the husband feels it in the Kever. Kimoshim Atsirib Amedrish. There's a Medrish that says this. What's this Medrish? The Medrish says, Rabbi Yoisi Aglili was Margish what they were doing to his wife, Bekever. And Rabbi Chan Kanyevsky wrote on this Medrish, Loi Motsasi Amedrish. Zok Rabbi David Yoyawai, Zvenir Kavonis Arakeach. I think that the Medrish that the Rekeach was referring to is a Medrish. Says that I found in four svarim. Says in four svarim I found this medrash. Said I found it in the sefer Meira Seinayim, which was written by Rabbeinu Yitzchok de Menako, one of the Rishonim. In the sefer Hatzioni, that sefer was written by Rabbi Menachem Tzioni, who was also one of the Rishonim. I found it in the Shevet Musar, and I found it in the sefer Mavri Yabek. And they all bring this medrash. So the medrash says as follows: The medrash says Rabbi Yosei Aglili, after he had passed away, he used to come home every Friday night, and what happened was. One Friday night, there were two Talmidim of Yisaglili. They passed by the house of Yisaglili, and they knew that his wife, the Amman, is home. And all of a sudden, they hear a kol Torah. Now, on the one hand, you hear a kol Torah, but the problem is she was an Amman. And why would it be a kol Torah? So immediately they were choshnid, and they said that something happened. Ad they appointed a bezdin. The bezdin summons her to court. And the Bezdin was going to give her Malchus. Now, Rabbi Yisak Lili Zaman never wanted to tell anybody that her husband was coming back home. But now already, she had no choice because they were mamish going to give her Malchus. So she said, I want you to know it's my husband, Rabbi Yosef. It's my husband, Rabbi Yisak Lili. He comes back. And that's whose cold tire you heard. The next Shabbos, and they let her go. The next Shabbos, he came home and he saw she was crying. 
He said, what? What happened? Like, what happened? Did something happen this week? He said, yeah, I had a very, very difficult week. I want you to know. People heard you, and they were hoisted me, and I stood in front of a Bezdin, and they were about to give me Malkis, and I told them that you came back, and they believed me, and everything was okay. Says the Medrash, B'Shachris, the next morning, Rabbi Yosei Aglili came to Shul in the morning. He looked at everybody, and he said, I don't appreciate the way you treated my Amana, the Henish Rabbi Mehem. And a lot of the people that were involved in this whole Indian, they ended up suffering, they ended up being punished. Says with David Yoel Weiss, this is a medrash that's brought down in Rishonim, in Tzvarim Akdoshim, regarding Rabbi Yosei Aglili, that he was bitzar because of the fact that they were being Mitzayers on Mona, and as a result, they ended up being punished. So he says, Posh it, that's the medrash that the Rekech is referring to. The medrash says that if somebody chepes with an abono, habal margish bekever, kemoshim et sinu bemedrash. Shereb Yoisi Aglili, hirgish masha asu kenegad ishtoy, said Reb Chaim Kanievsky, loy matzosi ha medrash. Shereb David Yoyoy said, it's posh it to me, it must be this medrash. So he says that, now, could be Reb Chaim didn't, think that this Medrash is the Makar, because in the Medrash you don't see that he was Margish the Tsar Bekever. You see that Rabbi Yosei Aglili came, he asked his wife what happened, she told him, then he felt the Tsar, then he went to Shul, and that's when all the Tsaras happened. But you don't find that he was Margish this pain Bekever. So it's not 100% clear exactly what the Medrash is saying, and he says maybe that's why the Rabbi Chaim was Nagia under a Kayach, that but he says in terms of a medrash with Rabbi Yossi Aglili and this whole Indian, he says, Pashit, this is what you find. But Al-Kopanim, we have a medrash now that's quoted already by Kadmonim that Rabbi Yossi Aglili used to come home. When did he come home? Friday night. This is Mamash the Goyen in the Tikkunei Zayar because that's what the Goyen said. Rabbi used to come home and Rabbi Yossi Aglili used to come home and Rabbi Amnuna Saba Af so you see that Rabbi Yosei like Rabbi, didn't come home, which was Mamish, what happened over here? You see, he used to come home Shabbos. That's the, the story that the Medrash tells. But Al-Kopanim, we have already a Medrash that seems to tell the story that the guy was referencing in his period on Tikkun Ezeiah, that Rabbi Yosei used to come back. Now, in this piece here, Magadim Chadashim, so Kedar Kedakadish, Rabbi David Yosei is Mitzayin a few Marmakaimis. One of the Marmakaimis is Mitzayin, is the Sefer Menucha Shalom, Chelek Yud Aleph, so Baruch Hashem, we're now familiar with the Sefer Menuch HaShalem and it was written by Hagoy Nagado Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Soifer Shlita. So Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Soifer is the Mechaber of the Sefer Menuch HaShalem. It has 12 Chalokim. This is Chelek Yud Aleph and it's Simen Nun Zayin. He has a whole arichas. The name of the simon is Be'inyan Rabbi Yosei Aglili Loi Meis. That's the name of the simon. Be'inyan Rabbi Yosei Aglili Loi Meis. He brings the four Mar Mekoymes to Rabbi David Yoyal Weiss was Mitzayin. And he has a, a whole arichas advarim. And one of the things he says is, as it relates to Rabbi Yosei Aglili, what was his schos to be Loi Meis? Meaning, Rabbi Yudan Nasi was Loi Meis. Nasi is Nishmasi Shal Yaakov Avinu. It's a Bechin of Yaakov Avinu, like Rav Amnuna Saba, the guy who was Megalatas in his Pirish to Tikkun Ezoya, he's a Nitzvah to Moshe Rabbeinu, and there's a man that holds a Moshe Rabbeinu as Loimes. But what's this Indian of Rabbi Yosei Aglili? So, listen to this Bikiyas. He says that maybe the Pshat is, you know, it's Yodua, the Frat, Bachsidim, but it's Yodua that there's a Skula, a Skula Nifla, every Erev Pesach, to say over a Shtikl, 
that was written by Reb Shamshin Me'astropole, Hashem Yom Kumdame. He was killed in the Xeris of Tachvita. But there's a, a shtickle that it's brought down to say over. Now, if you go through it, it's way, 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 way above our pay grade. It's real, real heavy Kabbalah. Just to bring out the Cheshivas of this school, in the last paragraph, Reb Shamshin Me'astropole wrote the following. He said, Achare Zois, Hoidia Oisi, Rosa Dena. So they were megalat him this secret. If any person is going to be ma'ayin in this Indian, even if only once a year, and the most appropriate time to do this is Arab Pesach, it's a haftacha shehu mutzul kol ha'shana, he'll be saved the entire year, mikol michshayl umisa mishona v'shomaynas, v'ayim shalu b'ay oiva v'chol soynav yiplu tachtav, u'b'chayla sheyifna yatsliach v'yaskel amin tzala. This is literally in the words of Rav Sham Shemayashapol himself, this is what he said is going to happen. So he said, if somebody is going to read this one time, even once a year, he's going to be Zaychatu. So let's be Ma'ayin a little bit, just in one prat. So Rav Shem Shemayashapol was quoting from Dariza. And he was discussing the machloikis that we mentioned in the Haggadah. Rabbi Yosei Aglili, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Akiva. How many makis did the Mitzrim really get in Mitzrayim? By the Yam, when they were actually in Mitzrayim. So those are the different Hanam that are being mentioned. Since so Darizal said as follows. Darizal said, Hashem Shin Pevav. One of the Shemus HaKodesh is the Shem Shin Pevav. 386 is the Gematria, but it's Shin Peva. Shneboy Ochaz David Ben Yishai. That was the Shem that David Ben Yishai somehow had. And it was with that Shem, Vashem Omar, Vehika Oisam Ben Mitzrayim, Eser Makois, Valayom Loku Chamishim Makois, that this Shem, Shin Peva, was a, contributing to all the Makis that happened to the Mitzrayim. So the result said as follows: Vashem Shem Pevav Omar Vehika Oisam B'Mitzrayim Eser Makos Remez the Rabbi Yosi Aglili Ki Rabbi Yosi Aglili Begematria Shem Pevav Rabbi Yosi Aglili is Begematria Shem Pevav Vahainu Rabbi Yosi Aglili Yomer Pirish Hashem Shem Pevav Omar. Rabbi Yosi Aglili says in the Haggadah, how many Makos were there? So that result said that Rabbi Yosi Aglili is talking. But there's a primius. The primius is it's the Shem Shem Pevav that's talking. And what does Rabbi Yosei Aglili have to do with the Shem Shem Pevav? Because the gematria of Rabbi Yosei Aglili is Shem Pevav. So Rabbi Shem Shem Yashapolo said, Umasha Kosov, this that the Arizal said, Shaboy Ochaz David Ben Yishai, that David Ben Yishai somehow, very cryptically, had an achiz in the Shem Shem Pevav, Romas Gankain, it's also Meromas, because David ben Yishai is the gematria of Shem Shem Pevav. David ben Yishai is the gematria of Shem Pevav. Hashem dafka ba David ben Yishai. That David ben Yishai has a, a shaykhis to the Shem Shem Pevav. The Romas Gamke Mashakosav the Sefer Soide Raza, and hidden in all this is what we know from the Sefer Soide Raza, Shirab Yoise Aglili Nitzoids David Ben Yishai. The Rab Yoise Aglili is a Nitzoids of David Ben Yishai. Hashem, he calls him, and this is the Shem that went ahead and hit him, and then he goes on more, and he says, Vikvashaluni Atemazu, Mashaikhis, Rab Yoise Aglili, and David Ben Yishai, Baisa Hashem, Daf. 
נפקא, הגם שיש לנו סוידס נפלא מהחרם, אמנם הכוון הזו, רבי יוסי הגלילה בגמטריה של פיבו, שהוא גמטריה דוד בן ישי, וזה השם היכה אוסון. רבי יוסי הגלילה אמר, זה השם של פיבו, והשם של פיבו הוא השם של דוד בן ישי, ודאי דוד בן ישי בגמטריה של פיבו, ודאי יוסי הגלילה בגמטריה של פיבו, David Melech Yisrael is Chai V'Kayim. And the Sfarim HaKadoshim say that there's some element, there's some Indian in David Ben Yishai, just like there is with Yaakov Avinu who was Loi Meis, and just like Moshe Rabbeinu, Loi Meis Moshe, Soite Yud Gimel on the days, there's a begin of David Melech Yisrael who's Chai V'Kayim. On some level, he's also Loi Meis. And this was manifest with Rabbi Yossi Aglili, where you find that Rabbi Yossi Aglili was Loi Meis, because he was Nitzutz Nishmasai, So, Rabbi Yudah Nasi was loy meis, because he is nitzus nishmasai, shal Yaakov Avinu. Rabbi Amnuna Saba was loy meis, because he was nitzus nishmasai, shal Moish Rabbeinu. And Rabbi Yosei Aglili was loy meis, because he is nitzus nishmasai, shal Davin HaMelech, who's Davin Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayim. And then Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Soif has a whole arichos, He says that maybe, maybe, this could be a mafteach, this could explain a Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi is in the second paragraph of Masechtis Tainas. When the Yidin do Averois, Umaisim Royim, Hakshamim Netzarim. Stops raining. And they bring the Zokinach. What, what do Yidin do when there's Tzaras? What do Yidin do when it's not raining? When they want Mashavaruach Umayr Dagashem. So they bring a Zokinach, Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Like Rabbi Yosei Aglili, who mafkia badam, he davens for them, umiyad akshamim yardim. And all of a sudden the rain starts knocking. So Rabbi Yosei Aglili says the Yerushal had some koyach of tfila specifically to make it rain. And Frank Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Soifer, Veloinizbayer, Madua, Rabbi Seinu, Zalnoktu, Kigoyin Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Why Rabbi Yosei Aglili? Where did he come into this whole picture? And he said, the Pshad I think is, because it's Mavur in the Svarim Akdoshim, that Dovin HaMelech said in Tehillim, Kapitol Kuftes, Va'anisafila, Va'anisafila in the Svarim say, that Dovin HaMelech was a chefz of Tefila. Va'anisafila, I am Tefila. The Gemara says in Megillah, Daf Yudcha Samar Aleph, that after a Semach Dovid, why do we say, what do we say? What's the Next brach in Shemayin Asrei Shemayat Tefila. Why do we go from a Semach David to Shemayat Tefila? Zok to Gemara because Kivan Shabbat David bought Tefila because David Amelech is Vanis Tefila as a Chefzef in Tefila. So he says whenever there's an Eitz Sara, who do you go to? You go to a Davin, or the Gemara says you're supposed to go to people that Davin. That's why the Gemara in the end of the fifth parak of Masechtes Brachos says that they went to Reb Chanina Ben Doisa and Reb Yechem Ben Zakkai said Reb Chanina Ben Doisa could do with his Tefila what I can't do. Why? Because I'm a Sarah of Neamelech and he's an Eved of Neamelech because he's a Davener, and I'm a learner, and it's a different Koyach, and as a result, he has a Koyach HaTfilo. Ichab Nishnein a Koyach HaTfilo. Davin HaMelech is the ultimate Koyach HaTfilo. He's Va'anis Tfilo. And if Rabbi Yosei Aglili is Nitzutz Nishmosoy, Shel Davin HaMelech, Kimivur, in the school in the floor for Rabshamshem Yastropolo, that you're supposed to say on Erev Pesach, 
So what emerges then is, is that he's a beginner of Anis Tfilo, as a chefzef in Tfilo. That's Pshan and the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that B'shoshi Yisrael bonu de Averos, umaisim roim, hakshomen etzorim, they mevilam zokin ech, they find a zokin. What kind of zokin? A zokin was held by Tfilo. A zokin that's a davener that's going to be able to daven for them. Kegoyim. Who's a marshal? Rabbi Yossi Aglili, Shim Peivav, David Ben Yishai, Shim Peivav, who Machki Abadam. He's the Davin of Meyad Akshom in Yarden, and he's going to cause it immediately. He's going to cause it terrain. Either way, so we have the Gemara that talks about the Shaspati Rossi Shalrebi, the epic Gemara in Ksubis, Daf Kuf Gimel Amaral, the Gemara that we've spoken about so many times over the years, the Gilin Ashas and the Sefer Chsidim and Rabbi Rufa Margolis's Ha'aris. In his Makar Chesed, but the base Medrash below Chiddush is that the Goyen in his Pirush and Tikkunei Zayir was Megala to us. That it wasn't just it wasn't just Rabbi Danasi. It was Rabbi Danasi. It was Rabbi Yosi Aglili, and it was Rav Hamnuna Saba. And I think what emerges just from this rate bite is that it's not for the same reason. Rav Yehuda Nasi had a schus to be nichnes v'yoytze because he's Nasi. He's nishmasi shel Yaakov Avinu. And he's a beginner of Yaakov Avinu loimeis, like the Ramban and the Rebbeinu B'chayah say in the end of Parashim Svayichi. And just like Yaakov Avinu was loimeis, so so too, on that same level, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi is also a loimeis. And that's why you find Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was able to come back. Incidentally, we've mentioned this in the past, Rabbi Chayi Velozhin, in his Hakdama to the Vilna Goyen's Pirish on Sifrin the Tzniyusa writes, that he saw in the Ksavim of his Rebbe, the Vilna Goyen, where the Rebbe wrote, Yaakov Avinu Omar Lizeh. That's what he writes. That he had Giluyim from Yaakov Avinu. And Reb Chaim Velozhin says, it's posh to him, the Rebbe never told him, but he said, it's posh to him because Yaakov Avinu was Loi Meis. And because he was Loi Meis, he was Nichnes V'yoytze. So Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was also able to be Nichnes V'yoytze on that same level because he was Nishmasi Shal Yaakov Avinu, a Bechin of Loi Meis. Rav Saba was also a begin of Loi Meis. It seems like he was on the highest Madrego. Afilu Bechayel. And the Goyen said, because he was Nitzus Nishmasi Shal Moish Rabbeinu. And Moish Rabbeinu, one man says was also Loi Meis. And because he was Loi Meis, so Rav Amnuna Saba has this ability to be Nichnas V'yotze. And then finally, Rav Yosei Aglili, also Loi Meis, the Medrash, Rav Chaim Kanyevsky, Rav David Yoyalais. But you see this Indian with regards to Rav Yosei Aglili as well. What was the Pshan of Rav Yosei Aglili? Pshan of Rav Yosei Aglili, said Rav Yaakov Chaim Soifer, maybe is based on the school in the floor of Rav Sham Shem that he's Nitzutz Nishmasei Shal Dovin Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayim. And if Dovin Melech Yisrael is Chai V'Kayim, which is Svar Maktoshim say, on some level it's a beginner of Loi Meis, so to Rav Yosei Aglili was also a beginner of Loi Meis, and that's why it's Rav Yehuda Nasi, it's Rav Amnuna Saba. And it's Rav Yosei Aglili, they're the three that the Goyen said that had the ability, even La'achap Tirosam, to be Nichnas V'yotzeh.